Welcome to NEP on Location. Here we hit the road and have conversations with some of the brightest minds from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more. In this episode, Jim Oleski is on location at NEP's We Need to Talk Mental and Behavioral Health Conference in Las Vegas and has a conversation with Jake Windell from the Los Angeles County Fire Department's peer support team. Jake talks about the importance of mental health and resiliency and some of the steps his fire department and union have taken to ensure that their members have as much support taking care of their brains as they do their bodies. Jake also discusses a critical component of LA County Fire's mental health support resources, their therapy dog program. Hi, this is Jim Oleski from NEP Media. We are on location in Las Vegas, Nevada at NEP Services' We Need to Talk Behavioral Health Conference. And joining us today is Jake Wendell. He is a firefighter paramedic from Los Angeles County, California, who also serves as their peer support lead and canine coordinator. Welcome, Jake. Uh, Thank you for coming out here to the We Need to Talk conference, and thank you for sitting here with us uh, for our podcast. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and and what you do uh, at your agency. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. Really excited. It's been a great conference and uh, really great speakers that you guys have brought out for us to hear from. Um, yeah, like you said, my name is Jake Quindell. I've been a firefighter paramedic for 10 years with Los Angeles County Fire, um, and I've been on our peer support team for about eight of those years. Um, both of my parents are psychologists, so I was kind of born into the uh, mental health world. But, um, you know, I would say over the last few years, um, especially, I've become very passionate about first responder mental health um, and almost more first responder resiliency, um, teaching our, our members tools and trades and tips that we can do before we get to that critical incident, right? Um, sorry, I'm going to... I'm going to go all over the place because I'm uh, so passionate about uh, uh, mental health. That's but, great. makes my job much easier. Yeah, let me go back to your question. Um, so, yeah, so I've been a firefighter permanent for 10 years. Um, I'm part of our urban search and rescue team, our international search and rescue team. Um, I work with our explorers, I, and then I do our peer support team. So I kind of have my hands in a lot. Um, I'm a rescue swimmer on our swift water team. Um, I love being a firefighter. I, I, uh, I pinch myself every day. I was an explorer when I was 15. Um, and some days I still feel like I'm just riding along, uh, you know, in the back of the engine and can't believe that they're actually paying me to do this. Um, and uh, so I absolutely love the job. I absolutely love what the job stands for. And I love the tradition and honor of our job. Um, but I think sometimes we ignore or even as, as new firefighters, as, as kids that look at those fire engines and be like, yeah, that's what I want to do with my life. I think that we aren't introduced to the trauma, the stressors, the, um, you know, not, not necessarily the bad side, but some of the, the bigger issues that are related to our job. Um, and that's not talked about. That's not taught. That's not trained in the sure. beginning. Um, we're changing that. We, we're changing that. But, you know, um, I know you've been a firefighter for a long time, myself 10 years ago, right? And um, I... I I always feel weird talking about like that old school mentality, but when I was an explorer, that's who I was raised by. I was raised by those 30 year old school, um, you know, suck it up uh, guys. And that was how I was taught. And I will tell you that first couple years that I was on the job, that was my mentality. Suck it up. This is what you signed up for. And it wasn't until starting to see the change and kind of recognizing seeing the change in my own life that I realized that there, there can be more to be done. Um, so yeah, and then really, I think the reason I got picked out of the crowd to talk to you is um, about 
Well, about six years ago, I started introducing the idea of bringing what we call peer support canines, but they're therapy dogs, they're emotional support dogs, they're um, therapy dogs into the fire service. Um, and we, we could definitely get more into that. I can talk about that whole story, but sure. I'll also let you speak. <laughs> no, 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 this, this is great. So I, I guess we'll, we'll, before we get deep into the, the therapy dogs, um, so, so talk about your experience being involved in peer support in the L.A. County Fire Department. Um, I, I feel like in a lot of ways that the uh, fire service has made tremendous strides in a relatively short period of time um, related uh, to peer support, um, just help and normalization. Like you said, back when you were an explorer, um, the idea of seeing a therapist or a counselor or, you know, was a sign of weakness. It was a dirty word. I feel like in a lot of ways that that has changed and I feel like it, it's changed in a relatively rapid fashion. And, and it, that's great to see. Um, I, I, you know, like to hear more from your experience being on the peer support team. Um, and, and how did you guys start? You know, I mean, was it existing? I'm sure, you know, LA County has been a fire department for a long time, a lot of resources. Um, you know, but, but tell me about the team and, and what your experience has been there and, and, and what kind of, you know, growth or change uh, or just acceptance that you have found in your time working with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, in, in 10 years, I have seen a huge growth, right? And, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is the two things firefighter hate sure. is change and things <laughs> yeah, staying yeah, the same, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the, the stigma is changing um, bo- both in a few ways, right? I think that we as peer support, as, as, as guys trying to push the mental health, we're also changing our, our tactics and changing the understanding, right? Um, when, when I was a new firefighter, the, the idea of peer support, right, the idea of mental health was it was twofold, right? You would hear uh, first there's going to bring some quote-unquote shrink in that doesn't know us, that doesn't know the fire service, and is going to tell me that I have a problem, right. right? And the other one was, and I used to be the firefighter too that would joke, you'd go on a bad call, you'd go on a pediatric call, and the first thing when we were done was like, great, we got to go back to the firehouse and, and go out of service and sit down, and we're going to have to talk about this, talk about our feelings. We're going to have to sit there and listen to the guy, right? And so I think we are learning, as, as you do with anything in the fire service, we're changing and learning and adapting to what really needs to be done. Um, and so I think the idea of that, um, and again, the, the mental health world is learning quickly, right? Yep, the yep. mental health world in the last 10 years, I think, has changed significantly as well, right? So I I, I've heard the term a few times, uh, culturally relevant people. Yes. Um, which was, uh, you know, like, like you said, it was, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to somebody who's, who's you know, going to tell me I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. I became a firefighter like, like that. Right. Um, but, but, yeah, somebody who's, who's versed with, with the emergency services is world. Yeah, it's so critical. And I feel, I, yeah, it's good to hear you say that that's, that's a, a component of this that you think has, has fueled some of that growth. Absolutely. And I think, you know, so, like, yeah, so we've introduced, we, yeah, culturally competent clinicians, um, which are just that, right? They're clinicians that understand understand our job and understand our things because I think, you know, us as firefighters, police officers, all this, we have a different language, right? And, you know, my wife always laughs because when, when as we do, right, 99% of my friends are firefighters, right? And uh, when we all get together, we start talking and we start doing it. And then, you know, one guy always goes like, oh, yeah, sorry. It's like you run into a guy at the market, right? And right. we start going back and forth. We, we, talk, we talk crap about a guy. We talk about how the truck went out of service, whatever, right? 
and then they'll go, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm used to it, right? right but right, right. Yep. we have a different language. And so when you go to see a psychologist and the first thing they tell you is you need more sleep, why do you work so far from home? Can't you get closer? Um, why don't you transfer to the firehouse next to your house, right? right? right, right. When they start telling you all these things, right away, us as firefighters, we, we knock Turn them right out. out. Yep, yep, yep. Forget yes. it. This isn't going to work. You yep. don't understand me. Um, because because we are different people, right? And that's what's that's what I love about us, right? Is is that we are different, and those are, those those are the guys I love. The guys that will drive a hundred miles to work at the busiest firehouse. Will you know? Will take that extra that extra day because that might be the day we get a fire, right? That's what we love. Um, and so to now to get the clinicians to understand that world, right? And, and us in LA County, we have we have some great clinicians that we work with, and we actually put on. Um, classes for uh, psych- psychologists. When oh, I say great. clinicians, I mean yep. psychologists. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we put it on for psychologists to kind of teach them, right? Um, I, I, I like to give them, like, the firefighter dictionary, right? Like, what's a quint? What's a truck? When we say, you know, squad, this is what me, whatever, sure. right? When we say a recall or a force hire. Um, and so, yeah, so then changing that and then also realizing that Introducing the guys that going to see a psychologist, going to see those uh, those type of people is not necessarily when you're at level 10 that you need to go see them, right? right? And right. that is that is what I think we are so bad at doing is we are so used to seeing people at a level 10 in all types of things, injuries, medical problems. Yeah, that's why they're calling 911. Right. right. And so for us, we think that's when you go see somebody, right? Yep. That's And even even physically, right? We don't go see a doctor till our bones, you know, till our <laughs> arms right, right, right. are going yep. the wrong way. Yep. Um, and so really pushing the idea of um you go you go for your annual physical well you should be going to a therapist too just to get stress off right just to get these things and that's what we do in the peer support world too it's it's just allowing this kind of conversation right let's just sit and talk i understand what you're like i understand the things that you were doing right i understand yeah what it's like to go on that pediatric call i understand what it's like to run a pediatric full arrest at 7 a.m and at 7 45 i'm supposed to be a father again Right. right for my three-year-old yep. right i i understand and i've been there and so um i really think the peer support world um more so has really brought that mental health back to the fire service it brought the idea of mental health to the fire service allowing kind of um you know i always say like mental health is cool again right getting guys that are well respected guys that we look up to in the fire service that are now part of our peer support team guys that are that are right there running you know 30 calls a day with you the guys that are going that are right there on the nozzle with you and then can turn around and be like yeah let's let's have a conversation let me let me hear what's going on at home i I can't believe that's going on and um i think that is really what is helping to change our stigma and then i'm a little biased but our dog program has completely been a game changer um and has tell tell us about that yeah so um in uh so probably about six years now i started introducing the idea um of having um, having peer support dogs and in LA County um, as with a lot of fire departments um, about mm, probably in about 2000 they uh, removed dogs out of the fire house stations okay. right yep. so they, they, they said we're no longer allowed to have dogs in yep. the fire station yep. um, and the dogs that were in fire stations at that point were allowed to live out their lives and then no more okay. right? and um, 
there was a few other things that happened, you know, as well in specifically, you know, team sports got taken from us. We weren't allowed to go get together as crews anymore, right? And it's happening across fire departments sure. everywhere, right? As you look at the business side of things, yeah, of course, having a dog that uh, is a liability, having your guys play full, let's call yep. it full contact basketball yep. is yep. a liability, yep. right? Um, and so... I started introducing the idea. I was working um, at a firehouse that was kind of in a very um, impoverished neighborhood. Okay. Um, and dogs were kind of a second thought in that neighborhood. And I became the local dog rescuer where um, once a month I was finding a dog on the streets. I was removing dogs from homes as, uh, you know, when we go on a call and I'd see a dog, you know, living in bad conditions, I would tell the people like, hey, you don't want this dog. And they would hand me a dog and I'd go back to the firehouse with a dog. And I started, I started running my own rescue out of the firehouse where I was fostering these dogs. I was guilt tripping a lot of firemen into taking dogs home. Um, and sitting around the kitchen table one morning, we had a pit bull puppy that was just running amok in our firehouse. But um, that fire station specifically was a very busy firehouse. It's the busiest in LA County. Um, and so it's got uh, 11 members per shift. Okay. And in the morning, so in the morning you have 22 guys running around. There's a lot around. going on. Um, the nights are busy, and so guys will sleep in and things like that. But what we started to notice is when these dogs were around, you would have 20 guys in the day room, in the kitchen area, or on the app floor, all playing with the dog, all laughing, all talking, right? And just the conversations that were coming back and forth. We're sitting around the fire station. We go, man, we need dogs back in the firehouse. And I go, well... Funny enough, mental health is a pretty big sticking point right now. So let's call them mental health dogs, right? Let's call them therapy dogs, and let's start getting. That's 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 how we're going to get dogs back. Right? Sure. So I start pushing this idea. It takes a little while, a lot of naysayers, right? A lot of questions, as there should be. Um, and uh, in 2020, we uh, we introduced two dogs as a pilot program, um, and those dogs were both donated from two different foundations. Um, Thor's Hope in San Diego and Patriotic Service Dog Foundation out of Murrieta. Um, both of our dogs that were introduced are, were Milo and Echo. Um, Echo's my, my uh, I'm the handler for Echo and Milo is handled by um, Captain Scott Ross. Um, and so we brought these dogs in and, and, and uh, it, was a, it was an interesting learning, learning curve. Um, but what we both of the, the dogs are trained up to a service dog level however they aren't our service dogs right they're they're using a therapy dog um aspect yep. but we started bringing these dogs around to fire stations we started bringing these dogs to diffusings and debriefings and critical incident stress um, debriefings and um the amount of uh response and the amount of um interactions and engagements that we got just having the dogs there right and um, I'm always so careful because I, I don't want people to think like we're like we're mind tricking them or, or we're, you know, we're like tricking them with these dogs. But the amount of interaction that we have when you go out and we just play fetch with Echo and then we can and then organically, you know, conversations start happening yep. or, um, you know, what I always tell people is uh, kind of the most uh, one of the most uncomfortable things, especially when you're in a vulnerable state is making eye contact. Right. 
and making eye contact when you start to tear up like especially in the firehouse you're like yeah, yeah I, I gotta go to the bathroom right yeah, especially at tearing up i mean you're probably a stranger or near a stranger to a lot of these guys I mean, right you're you know you, you work in a big agency yes. i mean there's people you don't countless people you don't even know absolutely yeah. and so but when you're petting a dog and almost telling the dog your problems right right, right. um that really allows guys to open up um and and not only that 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 was that was the idea and and i'll tell you that that works amazing Right. And that has been such a game changer. But then the, the other things that we didn't that we didn't even realize would be happening. Um, we you know, we're uh, we're on the West Coast. We're a big wildland agency. So we go out on two week assignments on these engines sure. for strike teams sure. and, and go fight wildland fires for two weeks. Um, and being away from family for two weeks in areas that sometimes you don't have cell service. Right. And so that was the first time we brought uh, that we had a big wildland fire, the Bobcat fire pretty early on when echo came and we brought echo out and during shift change in the morning, echo was in the parking lots. Right. And allowed these guys to play fetch with her. And what we started to see were guys were FaceTiming home. And I had a guy who's FaceTiming at home. He has echo. He's like, yeah, this is echo. She's out here just to make us feel good. Look how, look how fast she is. She throws a ball. He hangs up and he's crying. I go, what's up, man? What's going on? He goes, that was the first time my kids didn't ask me when I was coming home, right? And so in order to, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about that. Um, you know, so in order to just change the idea of, hey, hey, you're, you, let's talk about this, right? Sure. Like it changes the, the idea that we can, we have other ways of, of helping. And, and it doesn't have to be that you're at a level 10 and we need to have a peer support. We need to have a full debriefing. It has to be with the everyday stressors of our job, right? And I think what we are not, what we're so bad at recognizing, we're doing a lot better now, is the cumulative trauma, yep. right? Yep. The idea that um, over 30 years, we see things that our minds were not meant to see. Countless times, multiple times, right? And allow- Another factor in the stressors of the job, the, the lack of sleep, the, the being deployed. Yeah, um, being away from home. Being away missing, from home. I mean, even, even minus the trauma you see on the street. Right. I mean, just the job itself, um, yeah, adds, adds challenges that create stress at home, which then just makes it hard to ever get an escape. You know? Absolutely. And um, so, so, yeah, so, you know, being able to bring, bring dogs into the situation and just give you a little feeling at home, giving you a little, almost just a break for a second of like, yeah, I'm not even thinking about the bell going off. I'm not even thinking about this. I'm just spending some time with a dog. And I think anybody that has a dog at home knows that dogs are the biggest stress relief out there, right? Sure. There's, um, you know, and, and your own personal dog, like every dog is an emotional support dog, right? And But just having that option to just sit there and have a dog, right? And then one of the great things for us, I'm lucky because Echo's with me. I work at a firehouse now that has a fire engine and a paramedic unit, right? And when we respond out together, we respond out together, we might run the worst call of our lives. When we come back to the firehouse, Echo doesn't know we ran a bad call. Right, right. Echo's just stoked it's we, best day we came ever. back yeah, there, yeah. right? And, and so now we realize, oh, like, that's kind of the thing, right? The, that awkward tension of coming back to the firehouse after a bad call and like, who's going to break the ice? Who Are we going to talk about it? Or yep, are we just going to yep. move on with our Echo's day? Echo's breaking the ice. And Echo's like, hey, we're back. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're back home. Okay, we're safe, right? And that is one of the biggest things in the peer support world that we talk about is the first priority of our guys after a bad call is to make sure that they know they're safe, yep. right? They know they're safe. They know their family's safe. Um, and, and to get back to, you know, to, to get back to the station, to see Echo, to realize, yeah, we're back at the station, we're safe, this is what I know, right? That has been such a, 
um, you know, a positive aspect. Um, so yeah, so we created that program that was kind of uh, Fairfax, Virginia was kind of the only other department we could find that was kind of doing something similar. They had, they had two dogs that were living in firehouses that were donated. Okay. Um, and, but we created this idea of the peer support program, bringing, having peers have dogs, introducing them into the critical incident stress debriefings, um, making them part of the team. Um, and once people started seeing the dogs out at, at you know wildland fires we go to we went to a lot of memorials and a lot of um you know community service events and, and things like that the, the dogs obviously got a lot of um news coverage because sure. the only thing the news loves more than fire engines <laughs> is dogs and animals. Um, yep. so you mix the two and so we got a lot of news coverage um and we started getting contacted by a lot of fire departments um and so i kind of like created this little package of this is how we created our program and started sending it out to all these departments. Um, because just like we do in the fire service, right? We, it doesn't matter what badge you wear. It doesn't matter what color your fire engine is. We just want all firefighters to be, to come home safe, right? Sure. We want all the firefighters to um, get, do their best job to get home and, and, you know, get back to the station and to get home safe. And so we started kind of pushing this out to all the departments. This is how we did it. Let us know how we can help you. Um, and at this point, we've helped probably close to 25 fire departments wow. um, across, kind of across the West Coast, Arizona, um, and uh, helped them create their programs. We now have seven dogs in LA County. Um, I think we're one of the largest um, peer support dog programs, um, and it's been absolutely amazing. Um, it has been one of the biggest game changers. I would say, like, I don't know how I'm going to talk to guys without a dog anymore. Like, right. I'm, I'm uncomfortable right, right now because I'm like, right, right, e right, right, right. Echo needs to cut me off, you right. know. Um, but, um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. And I think, um, I think overall, uh, mental health is, is, like I said, mental health is becoming cool again. Um, and I think more so just people are starting to recognize that um, – there is a need for mental health. There is a need just to decompress, yep. just to, um, you know, to get some things off your chest, you know, with, I, I, and again, we, we talked about it, you know, with, with all the popularity out there now with, um, you know, all these different guys pushing these ideas of um, ice baths and saunas and meditation, um, guys are starting to take this proactive um, response to, training their brains to getting things better, right? And, and I love the analogy of, you know, in the fire service, like it's policy in LA County that we work out for an hour, right? We do cardio, we do weightlifting, right? That's policy, yep. we have to do yep. it. Yep. And so that is in our, that is, that's just in the culture of, of the fire service, right? But what are we doing to work out our brains? And we're, we always ignore our brains. Um, now I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, te to talk, I get an hour at a recruit training and I talk about mental health. Um, and I, my, my, the way I start th those trainings is, you know, if I were to come in here and say, Hey, we had a, we had a bad, uh, we had a, we had a really, um, <laughs> excuse my West coast language. We had a really gnarly TC, a traffic accident last night. Um, you know, I was really getting in there. We had a really great, we had a really great fire, right? I was getting in there. I was doing, I was working, I was working and I kind of, you know, blew out my shoulder. So after I talk to you guys, I'm going to go see my doctor. And yeah, no one think twice. They'd be like, dude, you're a bad, bad you're you're an awesome firefighter, yep, right? Yep, Excuse yep, my yep, language. Yeah. Uh, you're an awesome firefighter, right? You were doing Dude, that, it. That guy's that right. guy's a hard worker. He gets right. after it right. so much that he hurts himself, right? right? But if I were to come in there and say, "Hey, we had a bad ac traffic accident last night where three you know pediatrics were killed," 
um, I'm not doing well and I'm going to go see my therapist after this. Yeah. And right away I go, yep. your opinion just changed, right? Sure. Even though, even though like you're going to say like it didn't, your thought on me changes a little bit, right? That's the wrong, wrong way that we're looking at things. And it's, and it's, it's a larger stigma than the fire service, but we can't look at it that way. The brain is the most important organ we have in our bodies, right? It's probably, the, it's the most important thing in our bodies, right? I, at the end of the day, if I had to pick my brain or my right hand, I'm picking my brain, right? My, if my right hand works, but my brain is messed up, then what's the point? Yeah, your hand's not going to work. Yeah, so, so we, have to, we have to really start looking at it that way, right? That, that a brain injury is a physical injury. It, it is something that needs to be treated immediately. Um, and not only that, but we need to be working our brain out. Right, we need to be exercising our brain like we exercise our bodies every day um, for the job. In order to be a great firefighter, in order to be someone great at at the job that we do, in order to serve the public to the best of our abilities, which we all want to do, we have to be at the best of ourselves right now, right? And yeah, of course, you're going to have those times. You're going to be having issues at home or issues with you know stressors at work, but. But being able to work out your brain and have that resilience prior to um, allows you to take those steps. Simple things like um, Huberman, right? Huberman has a quick, uh, 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 one breath, right? You take a deep breath, you take as big a deeper breath you can take, and then you take a little bit more, and then you let it out, right? As many times as you can do that in route to a call, it lowers your heart rate, it lowers those yep. stressors, right? Yep. Things like that, so we can start at a lower level um, is things that we need to be teaching everybody. Sorry, I told you I could talk about mental health forever. No, no, I mean that, that, that's great. I mean that, that's first of all, that's why we're here. Um, you know, but but this has become and it, it's great. I mean, it's great news. I mean, I, I can't speak for for law enforcement. I mean, I, I work in the fire service, uh, but there's been a, a, a seismic shift. Now, now, an interesting thing I would like to ask you, so part of that seismic shift, though, um, is a lot of places, and this is a good problem to have, are now starting from scratch. Obviously, these programs, even just peer support in general, certainly having peer support dogs, anything beyond that, are resource dependent, um, you know, which either requires some sort of outside support or requires, you know, inside support um, to get these things moving. What are some things that you can tell us about what you've you've experienced in in LA County? Um, to that, like, what are some of the 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 you know the 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 victories that I guess you've had in being able to get the resource support of this? And is it you know is it coming from the county? Is it coming from your fire chiefs? Is it coming from your labor organizations? Um, you know, is it coming from outside you know sources? Uh, what what are ways that people can kind of think about? Okay, how how do I get this ball started? Yeah, I mean, so. The, the best analogy that I loved about peer support was, um, go, you know, is the safety officer. You'll never know how good a safety officer was, right? Because they prevent, they prevent the accidents right. that, you know, right. the yep. accidents that yep. never happened, yep. right? So peer support is that as well. And I think that is the hardest push for, depart- for fire departments, right? When you look at cities, when you look at county departments like us, it's a business, right? You have a certain amount of money that comes in and you can only spend that amount of money. So when you talk about um, a peer support, which is a preventative, um, a preventative tool, right? And how do you prove the value? Right. Yep. It's hard to prove the value. Yes, in ten years, can we look at um, can we look at suicide rates in our department and say they dropped? You know, they dropped maybe, right? But right now, we need the work. 
And so to not have a physical value yep. to show them yep. is a hard push. I, I feel like with a lot of things in the fire service, uh, in public safety, um, it, it is, it's, it's sometimes impossible to, to, uh, quantifiably, um, you know, talk about things to, to, to tell the story. I mean, you have to sometimes qualitatively, um, you know, talk about things. And, right. and, and I, I think, you know, I mean, part of this conference is called, you know, we need to talk. And some of that's just how, how do you articulate these things? How do you how do you tell the story about these things? And sometimes telling a story requires, you know, just like we're sitting here. I mean, I, I didn't know your story. I asked you some questions. And, and like you said, you're apologizing now for, for talking too much. And, and I think sometimes that's, that's a, a barrier. Um, in the same way we have barriers with a million other things, you know, in, in public safety, a, a barrier is just we don't ask the right questions, you know, or we don't ask any questions right. um, to get people's thoughts and feelings about things. Yeah. You know, so you can certainly, you know, I'm sure it takes some time. So you certainly need somebody's got to stick their neck out and say, OK, hey, I'm going to give you, you know, some latitude to start this. I'm going to give you some resources or some room here to do this. Uh, and then it's important on the folks involved in that to, to document that in a way that they can go back and justify, you know, to tell a story um, that, that backs up, you know, backs that up. And especially with, with mental health, um, with, you know, with HIPAA and, and, and privacy and, and, and certain like that. I mean, you're, you're going to have a hard time. You're not going to be able to uh, yeah, maybe you can say, oh, well, you know, these these bills got reduced to our health insurance, or whatever. But but you're really, you know, you're talking about quality of, of, of life kind of issues. Right. And you're, you're talking about privacy concerns. That's always going to be a challenge. But that's something you have to build in, I think, to your processes with, with anything to how do you show value. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean you talk you talk to your members, you talk to your management. So you know, have things you know been better. Your members, you know, are, that's your best feedback. I mean, get it from your members. Are they are they reacting positively to this, and why? And uh, you know, that's that's with anything. Yeah, um, and I think you know, I think the, the same way that you know the department will look at if I go off on injury because of my shoulder, right? You're gonna have to pay. You're gonna have to pay me my salary. You're gonna have to pay backfill. overtime for yep. backfill. Um, you're going to have to pay my medical bills, right? Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with mental health. And I think we, as a, we as, a, as a society don't look at it that way because we look at, like, if I'm going off on stress, well, I just must be weak or I must be using it as an excuse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but in the long term, right, when we look at, and I think, you know, for departments that are, that are having some issues getting this started, right, maybe, maybe it's pushback from management, maybe it's pushback. The question is, what are, what's the plan right now if we have a firefighter uh, die by suicide, right? What's the plan right now? How are we going to take care of the brothers and sisters in the firehouse? How are we going to take care of all the other families, all of, the, all of our firefighters' families that now think, wait, this is a possibility for us? We didn't even know that this happens, right? As much as we in the mental health world know that it happens, as, as, we, as it's talked about in, firefighter, you know, in the firefighter world, the, the small two-station department in Podunk anywhere, those families might not understand that, that, those, that, that you know, the calls live with us, that, that these things are happening, that, that, that the rate for PTSD and suicide is much higher in the first responder, you know, military world. So the question is, what are we going to do when that happens? And just like everything else in the fire service is, you know, we don't get paid for what we do, we get paid for what we're prepared to do, right? Right. We get paid to train. We get paid to be, when the bell goes off, is not the time to figure out how we're going to get this guy off a 10-story building. 
right? We, we train for that. When the bell goes off, it's not the time to figure out how to go fight that structure fire, or how, what, what our strategies and tactics are gonna be. We train for that. So we need to be well-trained. We need to have our, our members well-trained and we need to have a plan that's gonna happen when, when that critical incident happens, when we have a, 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 you know, an active shooter, it, it, when we're first into an active shooter, when we have a firefighter uh, suicide. Um, and so that's kind of the introduction and, and when you're getting pushback, because if taking care of our firefighters is not our top priority as a, as a fire service, then what's the point, right? And yes, do we all take risks up and above and, and are willing to risk our own lives to save civilians? Absolutely, that's what you and I, that's what you and I pledged to do when we signed up for this. But our firefighters should not be suffering on a daily basis. Right, because of that. Because, because we, we can't find the money to support. Um, and again, the peer support, peer support is just me being at work and you being at work. Right? It's just your own guys. Yes, do you need, some, do you need a, a training? Um, but there's also so many resources out there. I would say, you know, the, the EAP programs, finding culturally competent clinicians, finding clinicians that are interested in the fire service and want to help firefighters, they're all out there. Yep. Um, and then, you know, as far as with us, with the support, you know, our local, um, local 1014 has been a huge push um, in getting our, our program up, um, or not getting our program up and running, but getting our program bigger. Yep. get the support that we needed. Our department is huge, um, is a huge support uh, for our peer support team. Um, we have, we, you know, like about two years ago, we finally got a position. Uh, our, our captain that's in charge of peer support team, that's his job now, is to run the peer support team. We have 200 members on our peer support team, but we also have 3,800 badge personnel in LA County. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, stretch thing. Yeah, so, um, you know, but the local, and then, you know, IAFF has taken a huge... Um, look over the last couple years into mental health and have, that has really become one of their top priorities. Um, and so I would say, you know, reaching out to those entities, right? Reaching out to your local or um, or looking out or just reaching out to the, the, your closest department or reaching out to us at LA County. We we absolutely love to help because like I just said, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's, not, it's about us all doing the same job. It's about every firefighter going home tomorrow morning, right, when the shift's over. Um, and so... Um, getting those programs started, yeah, it, it might be a little daunting. You might get some pushback, but um, it, it's just that question, right? What are we going to do when this happens, and what's the plan? Where, where's the plan? Where's the policy for when this happens? And we're not, just like in the fire service, we're not always going to have a play, playbook. We're not always going to have a plan, but at least we have the players to show up, right? Um, at least we have, the, we have the engine showing up to the structure fire, right? Right. And just like we do in the real world, you, you may not have the play, but right. you've got we'll the figure playbook. It out. You got we'll the figure playbook it out. at least. Yeah, we've yeah. trained. We've yep. trained. Yep. We know what the end goal is, yep. and we'll figure it out, right? Like we do on every other call we go on. Yep. Yep. But we need to have the players train, and we need to have the team there to do it, right? So I think those are the big pushes to have, um, as well as yeah, like I said, getting the IFF involved, um, talking to your locals, um, and just recognizing that this is. This is a top priority for fire departments, and, and it really should be. Well, I, I think this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, you, you just mentioned something. Uh, you said, you know, if you got questions, reach out to the LA County Fire Department. What would be a way if, if someone listening to this says, man, I, I need to find out more about your peer support team, or I need to find out more about how we get a, 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 you know, a, a dog sport team off the ground? How, how do we get in touch with your team, or how do we get in touch with you? How does somebody find out more information about what you're doing in LA County? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a few different ways. 
ways. You can um, you can reach out to our local local 1014. Um, have your local talk to our local. Have your people talk to our people. Sure. Um, you know, reaching out just to our fire department um, as well. And um, I don't know if you have show notes or how it works, but I, I'll give you my email okay. um, as well. Um, and your any anybody is welcome to email me. Um, I, I have to be cautious about putting out my putting out my phone number to the world, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. my email um, will be in the show notes. Okay. Um, it's it's Jacob Wendell at, at fire.lacounty.gov. It's not hard, but yep. the spelling. Um, and yeah, I would say you know send me an email if you have questions. If you have if you just want to talk. Once once we get connected in email, I'll be more than happy to talk. Um, and we I would love to help other departments um, just answer questions or. Um, talk about the dog program, show the things. The, the biggest thing with the dog program, and this is what I tell every department that we help get started, is you will have a ton of naysayers, you'll have a ton of people saying, we don't need this. And once you see the dogs work, which, yes. which you know, you've been here, you've been here and seen some of the dogs that are here at this conference. So I believe we have four, I think, dogs here today, right? I think. Yeah. So um, once you see the dogs working, yeah. um, that is really the, you know, the, that, that makes it all make sense. Right, right. Um, so absolutely, please reach out, questions, um, comments or anything that you guys, you know, that anybody out there wants to get um, more information, we'd be more than happy to help. All right. Well, uh, Jake Wendell uh, from LA County uh, Fire, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming out here to Las Vegas for the uh, We Need to Talk uh, conference. And again, I'm Jim Molesky from NEP Media, and uh, we have been on location in Las Vegas at NEP Services We Need to Talk Behavioral Health Conference. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will uh, catch you next time. Thank you for listening to NEP on Location and Jim Molesky's conversation with Jake Windell. Remember to subscribe to NEP on Location wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. And for the latest ideas and information from around the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more, please visit our website at nepmedia.net.